2: And welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returning from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did. So, sex, relationships, monogamy... (laughs) non-monogamy so many of us have been brought up to believe that there is only one way to do a partnership and this of course is so far from the truth but still so many of us feel a lot of shame surrounding our choices and our preferences and i would go so far as to say not particularly radical but especially women But my guest today is openly discussing her past, her present and her future and how it all looks in terms of relationships. And it is so refreshing to hear. So listen to us discuss all this and more.
3: So it is pre-COVID, pre, pre pre-COVID. We're not quite sure what year it is. But we all know that there is a before and there is an after when it comes to COVID. So we are currently in the before time and we are in a cabin in the woods in Minnesota, which sounds like the
4: start of a horror film, but it's not. And the moment was scary, but yeah. Yes. Horrifying in other ways. Horrifying
3: without any kind of bloodshed I hope but we are in cabin in Minnesota pre-COVID and in this moment Chloe why do you think you've got no friends?
4: Um so in this moment um I was on a cabin trip with a boyfriend and a group of friends mm. and um I uh a history of uh chafing against the bounds of monogamy and uh I'm currently doing a solo show at the Edinburgh Fringe about that um this boyfriend and I had been dating for a few months and um we went on this trip and there was a guy on the trip who I had never met before and um he and I were flirting the whole trip and Mm -hmm. like pretty openly in front of my boyfriend. And I was sort of aware of like, this is bad, but I also was like kind of letting it slide because, hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, one night on this trip, everybody else had gone to sleep and it was just me and the guy who I had never met before, the guy, the, the new guy uh, yeah. in the kitchen. And we were very flirty and we were like very close to kissing. Um, and we uh, we didn't, I, I like, I held back. I was like, I know that this is wrong. I already had cheated in past relationships, not in this one. Yeah. Um, and so I held back and that holding back is so like exciting and dramatic. And it's like, no, we can't, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's thrilling. It is. No, it's and then mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, um, so we, I think we had like a long, had good night. And then I went into the bedroom where my boyfriend was already in bed, and um crawled in and we like chatted and hung out and that was the first night that my boyfriend said I love you yeah <laughs> and um that is I would say probably fairly reflective of what I, have. <laughs> I am
3: obsessed with this yeah this is amazing so, okay
4: yeah so yeah carry on what happened next mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the trip, I just, you know, I, I think, I, I think in the moment that he said that I knew that I had, I had been like annoyed that he wasn't saying, I love you right. um, earlier. I, I had felt it. Um, but also like, I think I, I have a, I, that that kind of like new relationship, early relationship, honeymoon stuff. I mean, it's such a drug. And so yeah. way, and, and when you're doing a drug, you have to keep doing more and more and more of the drug to keep feeling higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And so of course, like making a relationship more intense is part of doing that drug. Yeah. And, um, and so like, there's a, in, in many ways, I look back on that relationship and I'm like, we should have, we shouldn't have dated for more than a month. It's crazy that we dated for as long as we did. Yeah. Um, he's a wonderful person, but like, we weren't matched well together. Yeah. Um, like why was I mad that we weren't saying I love you but then he said I love you on this night that I already felt romantic tension with somebody else and at that point it's like I really this just was a relationship that I shouldn't have been in and the question for me perpetually about about my like chafing at the bounce of monogamy and this is part of what's in the show is Mm -hmm. I, I I truly don't know whether the answer is like um I have just been whether it's like, I'm fundamentally a non-monogamous person. I don't think it's actually that. I think I'll like always want to flirt with somebody, but, but like, I'm not trying to be poly. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, I I love being a girlfriend. And so then the other alternative is like, is it just that I like haven't met somebody who I match with enough to like, to really not make me feel like flirting with a new guy at the cabin weekend, or is it somewhere in the middle, which I think it's probably somewhere in the middle because that's it's never actually black and white. It's never actually just A or just B. It's always some mix of all of the above. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that night, I was, of course, I said it back, of course, because I had been like wanting for us to say I love you for a while. Mm-hmm. And um. Uh, then I spent the next two years debating whether or not to break up with that person.
3: Sorry, because I, I would do the exact same thing. I would do the yeah. exact same thing, even though... Yeah. Like that moment and that everything would speak so much about what was going on. Oh it's I'm so wondering. obvious.
4: It's so apparent that from the outside it's like, hey buddy, don't get get get, get out of there. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is um,
3: that's amazing.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so there's a million moments in my life where if I could just if I could just be my own voice, I would mm. be like, Hey, it, pal, you don't want to be here. Come on, come, come, on. Honey, come <laughs> on, come on come on now stop it wrap it up
3: up. (laughs) you know you know this you know this (laughs) it's always that thing when like I have it quite a lot where I I look at myself and I look at situations in the past I'm gone like oh my god I like I knew it I should have listened to that voice I should have listened to this I should have got out there I should have trusted my instincts and then so much of the time now I like hear that voice and I go, no, nah,
4: no, it doesn't know. It, it doesn't know what it's Oh about. yeah. Nah. I'm, look, current me is so, I mean like the the me that's making whatever decision I'm making is like, no, but you don't understand <laughs> yeah. the nuance of the situation. And the back of my brain is like, hey, asshole. Yeah. I, not only do I understand the nuance of this situation, I've watched you in this exact situation yeah. 25 other times throughout yeah. your life, you moron. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have uh yeah I think I really like, think I'm smarter than my own brain and I'm not smarter than my own brain
3: but isn't that amazing it's so it's so good I think I know so much better than my instincts I like so much of the time like I've made terrible fucking terrible decisions terrible decision I go like yeah, but that's because I was following my gut. So my, actually my gut and my instinct are like, they're, they're pretty shady. But it's like, I know, I know full fucking well, full fucking well yes. that I was going straight with something else. So my instinct, to my gut would be like, you dickhead, you know where this is going. Yeah. And
4: then, and then I'm like, no, no. I have stayed in relationships way longer than I should have many times because the thing that I would say was my my head is ready to be done with the, uh, relationship, but my heart isn't. And I have now developed the, I have developed the litmus test of the second that I say that the second that I'm like, my head's ready, but my heart isn't. That means go, 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 go. leave him, leave him, get out of the relationship. Fucking that's the sign. That's incredible. second, I don't always follow it. I've had the, I've had the instinct, and i been like, yeah, but it's nice to feel. It's nice for somebody to have a, to be with, kiss me, and have a wedding date. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because that that's always great.
3: Like the idea of that is fantastic, and I think about it like all the time. But then I also go, oh, but then like, nobody else will ever go
4: down on me. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what am I gonna be? <laughs> am I gonna be alone? I can't be alone you're not gonna let me be alone Um, (laughs) I I had it my um go on go on can I tell you my other litmus test yes uh my other litmus test is the second that I uh feel that it would be more convenient if they broke up with me because I know that I'll be okay, but I'm not sure that they're going to be okay if, if I break up with them. The second that I'm like, God, it would really be nice if they just ended it. Yeah. That's when I'm like, go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: But I find it, I find it like completely impossible. Um, I, I I, talk about my ex because I know full well, he does not listen to this. Um, but like, I, I was with someone and for the last I'd say, like, 20 months of the relationship, it was so clear that, Mm -hmm. like, it was wrong. It was wrong. And I was, like, convincing myself in different ways, like, using different things, like, just getting, like, smashed or, um, you know, just, like, being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." but, like, that's okay. Because, actually, I really like it when he does that or whatever. It was... And for so long, it was so wrong But I just couldn't like couldn't get out because the idea of just being alone and being not in this thing that I'd created was just
4: it was so horrific. The idea of it that i yes. I like, just couldn't stay. Like, I yes, couldn't the, it. it's so we can justify anything it's, yeah when you're when you're when you're smart enough, you can just you can <clears throat> absolutely yourself if you can see evidence wherever you want to. Yeah. Mm. Um,
3: did anything actually happen with this guy or was it or was it just that one argument? Nothing,
4: nothing happened with that guy. Right. Um <laughs> I with did cheat that in that guy. relationship. <laughs> I did cheat in that relationship, but nothing happened with that man. (laughs) Yeah.
3: But you know what? Like those, like you were saying, those moments of going like, it's very close. You're alone with someone and like, you nearly, you nearly kissed, but didn't kiss. That is so charged. It's the best drug
4: in the world.
3: Yeah. It's so erotic. It's so unbelievably like powerful and erotic that that is almost better than like doing whatever you did in the kitchen like actually just going full the hog it's so and then it like sticks out as this like thing it's so Every moment with this
4: guy who was like not that interesting but when you have chemistry with somebody it's so it's 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 intoxicating <laughs> yeah completely completely and
3: it is like and like you said it is like a drug it is it is a complete drug um that feeling of um I don't know what, 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 how we describe it sexual tension um to,
4: yes to me it's like you you know that something's about to happen yeah um and and I I actually I don't mean to be quoting my sh- my show on this podcast please please do you you know that something's about to happen but for a second you're still officially clean that like you can it's just it's like you're in zero gravity it's the it's yeah it's such a high
3: and it wasn't like um, a discussion that you'd had with your boyfriend prior about about any kind of non monogamy or um, any kind of. You were no you were a
4: way. okay, okay, okay. I was I was in my early twenties in the Midwest. There was no non monogamy. <laughs> <going> on. <laughs> Absolutely. I, not. I'm sorry, I forgot the setting. It's actually so true. Be like, yeah. no, no, no. No, I was like, I was an old maid. You know, I wasn't married at 25 or whatever. That's not, I'm, I'm selling, I'm selling Minnesota short, but, but not by, not by a lot.
3: It's, um, that's really funny. It's, it, yeah, it, I, I've, I've actually discussed this quite a lot recently about, um, what, uh, we're all, or not all of us, but so many of us are brought up to think that a relationship is and what sex is and what a sexual relationship is. And actually when you realize that there are no, there are no real set rules, how much it opens up your brain.
4: And it's almost quite frightening. (laughs) It's quite scary. We made up all the rules. Yeah. And and that, like, we measure... And we we made up all the the measures of success. Like, we see a measure of success of a relationship as time-based. That is the the single most powerful measure of success in a relationship is how long have you been together, which is crazy. That's that's Uh, because, um... Or it's maybe not crazy, but it's unnecessary.
3: It is, because, like... I think when the worst heartbreak of my life, the worst, the worst thing, which was um the why do you think you've got no friends moment, that situationship. Thank you, Katie Green, for the term situationship. I'll always say that. Um, the it had, it had been going on for six months. And a lot of the time people go, Oh, but it was only six months. Come on. And I was like, my break breakdown of relationship after four years was way easier to handle than the yeah. six, the six months. Um, and that's like, it, it's, it's,
4: it, 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 time time is, is not it's, right. Time also time is, should not be the, the singular measure, either of success or of like intensity of badness, you know, yeah. e- either of goodness or of badness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, something can get very bad, very quickly. Something can be very good very quickly yeah. um something can be very good for a very short period of time yeah it's it's uh, I, I think we I think we really 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 assign time as like um as a singular measure and so then that means that whatever decision you make when you're young and stupid <laughs> is like the the deciding factor I have wondered, whether I'm just going to be a person. So I don't, I don't want kids. Uh, I'm not trying to get married. I'm not opposed to marriage. I love the idea of, Mm. of, you know, loving somebody so much that I want to talk about it in front of all my friends. But, um, I am like, if I don't get married, my life will be fine. Um, and so I have actually wondered whether I'm just going to be a person who's like in a lot of two to three year relationships over and over and over. And that like, is that fine? That might yeah. be fine. It might be fine.
3: It might be fine. There's literally no one saying that's
4: not fine. It's like, right. because if actually, it's fine that's that's for not... you. <laughs> if it's fine for me, right. Although now, man, I do have people saying that's not fine. I I know that people will be like, well, who's going to take care of you when you're old? And I'm like, I am going to drive my car off a cliff. I, you think I'm going to fucking, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to make somebody put an IV drip in my arm. Anyway. I hope I never such part as to be going that there's
3: literally sure. no one, there is no one saying that yeah. that's not fine. There are millions of people. Who say most people not. say that's not fine. Most people would go, "You yes. fucking lunatic!" Absolutely most not. Are,
4: <laughs> most people are saying you're going to be lonely. You're going to be sad, <laughs> and uh, I'm already lonely and sad. No, I'm, I'm I I don't know. I mean, to me, what's it's just new? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Call me. Sure. Whatever.
3: Oh my god! It's um, it's. I mean, like, I've just that the more and more I've grown up and experienced relationships, the more I've realised that there is no one right way to do it. And um, like, I, as, as long as someone is sort of, I because I know, had I said maybe, uh, 19 months ago, a little bit before that, going, I think I'm just the kind of person who just like needs to um, be free and open and, and like, and my, my partner, I can love him so much, but um, he'll always, he can go and have sex with everybody and I'll be fine about it. I know that I was talking from a place of utter bullshit there because I was just desperately trying to convince myself that it was okay. And I was happy with that situation. I wasn't. So, but I think anybody who's actually speaking from a place of going, um, uh, like a, a base of like common and understanding and knowledge of w- what that means and like and what that's going to entail. I'm like, yeah, you, you fucking go for it. Like, do you? It's there's for some people the idea of the so for some people the idea of settling down in West London with two kids and a car and a half is like is the hell. For some people, the idea of going to torture garden on a Saturday night is hell. <laughs> And so some people some both, people. just one in secret. <laughs> <laughs> and those people are exhausted. <laughs> I can't tell you. Yeah. One thing I do want to ask you about, I guess, is like, is is like your ideas about um, open relationships and things like that? Because I've had people on the podcast before, like, um, do you know uh, Jack Barry, He's a comedian? He's um he uh talks about the fact that he's been in a relationship with his girlfriend for years um and for the first like couple of years they weren't monogamous and then um after that they opened up the relationship in like in different ways I think they brought people in and then they started sort of seeing each other seeing other people and speaking with other people how in your head how how would that would you be able to do that or do you think when you're with someone that's that's it for the two yes. three years so, or whatever?
4: this is what, what a, what a can of worms, huh? Open Open it up for everyone. Yeah. So I think for, I think I've always known that I would be very jealous if somebody were sleeping with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm right. I'm, I'm the I think a lot of women are like, well, I'm sure a lot of people, but I, I know a lot of female friends who are like, well, yeah my perfect setup is I get to sleep with whoever I want and he does not and I'm not saying that as a realistic pitch but like I just know that a lot of women feel like that where we're all like oh yeah I'm fine I'm I want to be able to kiss somebody Don't yeah. but don't get away from her get scrammed. <laughs> Um and, and I am no different I feel like that too um so what I don't know, so I, I've never earnestly entered an open relationship. I've never like in good faith entered a relationship where somebody with somebody where we're like, this is the, um, you know, these are the ground rules. We're going to talk through it. We're going to talk about our feelings, whatever. And so what I don't know is, I know I would feel jealous. Absolutely. I would feel uh, cripplingly jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that a feeling that I could get used to or work through Or And I don't mean get used to, like, it's the bad feeling and now I just have to put up with it feeling bad. But, like, it's, like, if I'm interested in somebody else and he's interested in somebody else, could we all... But we're clearly still primary. I think it would have to be a person who I felt so... Satisfied by in many, many ways. So that... But but it's, like... I don't know. I watch a lot of patterns of open relationships. um, Only relationships that i have ever seen actually be successful long term every single one of them invariably winds up as monogamy by the end even when they're like no no we're still open we're still we're still officially open we just don't have time to fuck anybody else it's like no okay but then you're just (laughs) functioning every open relationship that i see lasting ends in monogamy yeah um every relationship that I see starting as monogamy and then opening. And I don't mean this to, as I look, Mm -hmm. I hope for Jack's sake that it works out great, but I see constantly that like, eventually one of the people falls in like fully falls in love with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes untenable for the initial relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, also like, so to me, I don't, I, I think, especially because I'm doing this solo show about how I've cheated a bunch everybody wants me to have an answer of like, this is my perfect solution. And I know exactly what I would want. And literally all I would want is to be able to talk about it with somebody Um, because I don't, I don't have a perfect solution. I don't know what would work for me. I would bet that what would work for me with one person is probably not what would work with me for me with somebody else. Yeah. and at this point, it's like, all I can do is sort of muddle through, deal with situations as they arise. And fortunately, that means that like, what I am suggesting is a lot more work than just not, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more external work than just monogamy where we're all like, okay, we know the rules, uh, <laughs> you know, we yeah. don't ever, we don't have to check in about this again. where monogamy becomes where monogamy becomes work is that it's internal work um and not not just internal work in terms of like you know temptation and holding off but it's internal work because i think a lot of people do chafe against the bounds in the same way that i have and what the work winds up being usually is repression it usually is like turn it off lock it down that's not what we want and i don't know like maybe there's an argument to be said that like there's nothing perfect and so it's okay to repress maybe there's an argument to be said that uh you know monogamy is a is a you know distinctly modern organization that we you know aren't really that we didn't evolve to have those you know signals in our brain I don't who knows the the problem is is that like it I know that it means that my life my romantic life will inherently be complicated or that I'll be asking somebody to be engage in complication with me mm-hmm. and that's why it's convenient for me to not want kids and not care if I get married like it, the stakes are lower for me in that case
3: yeah yeah because if that was added in there would just be an extra layer of of uh something to handle and something to deal with and other people to bring into a situation and actually when it's when it's on terms of you being like I don't want those things so it can just be a solo experience really um or a solo yes. like um <clears throat> journey because you're not having to factor in, um, you know, offspring and, <laughs> yeah. and whatever's going to be handed out to them. Um, it does, it does, it is, it is more convenient to have that attitude.
4: And there's no, like, I don't have a, I don't have to, to use a ticking clock. I don't right. like, I don't have a to figure out this model in the next five or eight years or whatever. Mm i'm it's i'm sort of like "Eh, whatever if i don't figure it out i don't figure it out as we're having
3: this discussion my boyfriend just walked past the door so that was good (laughs) That's he can't listen he can't actually hear what's going on so so we're we're fine (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think it is it is funny when you sort of have uh when you talk about something with um with like with with passion and with a certain amount of like confidence um even though it is it's coming from your own experience and your own opinion people do often like it like you said expect you to have the exact answer or expect you to be like the one to the like lead the way and be like the guru and the jedi of this kind of thing
4: i also just don't think i don't think there is an answer to well i don't know not for me i don't think there's an answer for me to a relationship structure that just makes me feel forever like okay great no more work needs to be done i'm good i'm locked in and Mm -hmm. maybe there's just going to be a person who i'm going to run into who i go holy shit Mm -hmm. i I will never desire another human again or or like not i will never desire another human again but like i will whatever i feel for another person will never come close to you know distracting me really yeah but haven't met that person but like even if i could tell you my perfect system is start with like mostly monogamy, but I can but I'm allowed to kiss a stranger at a bar and mm. we just have to talk about it. If I could give you that recipe, it's like, yeah, but in two months, that recipe is going to have to change. That yeah. is gonna the the we we have we have mixed all of the ingredients and now the bread is um a little burnt. So we
5: have <laughs> to, you know.
3: I, I feel like we're constantly adapting and changing and um designing if we have the I always say we have the luxury to be able to design our own lives on our own kind of experience and that is that is really incredible and absolutely go for it um and I think I've very much been someone who in the past has been like this is it and this is the way that it happens and this is what works for me and then um I have met someone else and being like, Oh no, this is it. And this is what works, work, what works for me. And actually what I've realized is that all my relationships in the past, I was going off of what they were showing me of what they wanted because I'm so like horrendously codependent that I was like, Oh yeah. And like this, this, this works really, this, this is perfect. Oh my God. I found the answer. This is, this is beautiful. And actually it's, um, that's why, I, I, like, after this last relationship, I was single for so long, like, so long. Cause, um, so I was like, I can't get back into a, another thing where I'm, uh, just going, like, following their lead and being, and saying, yes, this absolutely works for me. Um, and actually starting a new relationship yeah. and doing it in a way of going, of just making things a discussion and actually not, not just depending on, on the other person's, uh opinions and ideas and want for their their relationship is has been really really great um because you're suddenly like oh my god if i put a little bit of salt in this sourdough this this is crazy i never thought about doing that before and um and and it's it's brilliant but Mm -hmm. yeah i was for so long definitely just going off of other people's ideas of of what a happy relationship was and how to create that
5: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
4: And what's crazy is that those people are also going off of other people's ideas of what is a happy relationship. Yeah. Like, they were, they were making it up too. They, didn't, yeah. they probably weren't doing the kind of self-interrogation that, that they needed to do. Yeah. yeah, all, yeah. all of us are all of us are just a little fucked up, which is why I actually love being in my thirties. I've started, I I have always dated older. I've always dated like anywhere from four to 10 years older than me. And, mm-hmm. um, I love now dating men in their late thirties and early forties. I've discovered that like over the last year, it's like, Oh, I'm, um, I'm not the biggest deal. <laughs> I, <laughs> Which is great. I love like they every. It's like if you've been divorced, I'm a, a fucking like a month long you know, d- dating thing. Like doesn't matter, you know. It, yeah. not, and, and I don't mean that to say like I don't want to matter. I just mean like I love I love being older, having the stakes feel lower, feeling yeah. more experienced, feeling more prepared. Like I have loved uh, every year that I get older. I'm like, oh, I'm so much smarter I have loved getting older I've loved being in my 30s I've loved dating in my 30s yeah um yeah yeah I I really I really have the the lesson for anybody in their 20s listening to this is don't worry you're fine you're gonna be fine
3: <laughs> literally exactly that don't worry you're, you're gonna be fine it's absolutely fine yeah. um yeah. and if you're if you feel like you're fucking up it's okay <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's okay we'll, we'll work this out you will be mm-hmm. fine um mm-hmm. It's uh, I love that thing about just kind of realizing that you're not like you're not the biggest deal for
4: everybody. Because I love it
3: because it's um, it's kind of a relief. It's kind of a relief that you suddenly go. It's liberating. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm not actually gonna like alter the course of the future
4: for this person. It's all right. It's all right. Or like, if I do, it will happen because like. We have genuine feelings, not because this person doesn't have any other context, <laughs> and, not, and not because I don't have any other context. You know, it's yeah. nice to have years, years, and years. Yeah, and years yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Oh my god, I love it. Um, yeah, it's it's so funny. Like going the past relationships, these past people. That I always just assumed were like I was like running into yeah I was like running into the fucking um, what's it Obi Wan Kenobi of of relationships I was like you know everything and you must teach me everything and obviously they had no fucking idea Um, and so it was just kind of running like running around like a headless chicken just like trying to grab for what I thought a good relationship was and it was um and like the knowledge was going you can just chill out. And like that release yeah. was was amazing of going like it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And um yeah. being able to like and knowing it's okay to like argue with, with a partner, knowing it's okay to to still fuck up and and be able to apologise for it or whatever and just kind of work your way through it, rather than there being so much um so much pressure on the like minutiae fucking everything within a relationship just mm-hmm. kind of like letting it mm-hmm. letting it breeze tell you what guys anyone anyone in your 20s being in your 30s is flipping brilliant I hate to mm-hmm. my 20s was an absolute nutcase
4: yes I at the time I was like I'm amazing I, <laughs> I, I didn't hate my 20s but I do look back and go how did I make a decision ever like how I was so stupid I was so blind so what am I doing um, I said this actually
3: to a friend the other day who'd um broken up with someone who was um who was younger than And I was like, they are 21 that like they're gonna be the worst right now. It's it's all right. It's all right. And they went, oh no, they're actually they're 23. And I was like, trust me, I was worse at 23. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And obviously that's
4: not I described No, go on. I, I describe I, I dated a man briefly who was 27. I described him as I was like, uh, he was just very young, and somebody asked he, uh, how old he was, and I, I said twenty-seven, and they were like, 27's sevens like, you know, he's an adult. He like that's an age that people get married and have kids and whatever." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it just feels like such a baby." Yeah, when I was twenty-seven, I didn't know anything.
3: I mean, I still don't really, but like, I know a little bit more. But and this is obviously there are some people in their twenties who have really got their shit together. Like I look at I look at some of the Gen Zers and what they're up to, and I'm like, holy cow, you're you're smashing it. Oh,
4: Greta Thunberg has uh, bad uh, habits in relationships. <laughs> I I bet Greta Thunberg is a bad girlfriend some days. Do I does is, is is she currently in a relationship? Do we know? I have no idea, but. But
3: she's younger than me, and that makes her threatening. Actually, and Felipe, um, producer Felipe just sent a message going, like me, because Felipe is currently 25. I don't know if he's going to respond Felipe. to that. Felipe, 26. 26. Do you know what? Felipe does have a lot of his shit together. So, you know, yeah. it is not a one-size-fits-all phenomenon. But definitely when I was in my 20s, I was an absolute fucking fruitcake. And sort of into my 30s as well. So uh, anyone, anyone listening who is panicking, you're absolutely fine. <laughs> Don't worry
4: about Yeah, it. your 40s are going to be great. You're yeah, going it's, all, it's all about the 40s. It's fine. Um, yeah, 50s are the new 20s.
3: Um, so how are you enjoying your time in Edinburgh at the moment?
4: Lovely. It's so yeah. beautiful. Um, the festival is insane and overwhelming and uh, swamping and also a uh, high and yeah it's a, uh, it's it's really I mean it's intoxicating like I understand why people say this is the best month of the, the year and do fringe every single year because it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's addictive
3: and you're based in New York aren't you
4: based in New York yeah yeah, yeah. Is so it's your- harder to come over you know it, yeah. it, would be, it would be lovely to come up for a couple- is is this your first time at the Fringe? Have you done the Fringe before? I've never done the Fringe before. Um, this is my first time in Scotland entirely. I've, I've done comedy in London before, but never in uh, never in Scotland.
3: That is, I mean, you can't tell from my accent, but that is the land of my people. That that is my motherland, technically. Oh, really? But yeah. I'm Scottish. My whole family is Scottish, even it's though no beautiful. one believes so. that. It is beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. I have and I've actually never been to the fringe and I and really want to go and need to go. Because it just looks incredible. I think yeah. I, I'm trying to yeah. make it yeah, up next year. <laughs> and um, your show, what what what's your show called and what and it
4: what is it about in general? My show is called Cheat, and it's about how I've cheated in a lot of my relationships. <laughs> um
3: <laughs> I love that you talk about this, because I've done it, I've I've cheated, I'm so, guys, I'm sorry, I'm sure that everyone, if you're listening to this, you already know that, and the amount of guilt and shame that I've held over that, the amount of, like, how much I've beaten myself up for doing that, and yeah, it was, it was, it was bad, but I was also just, like, confused and sad, and, like, didn't really understand, and also a lot of people do it, and it's not, it doesn't make you a terrible person.
4: So many people do it and no one talks about it. So yeah. that's my, uh, that's my, that's my pitch. I think I we should talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I think, I think that it is healthy to, um, talk. We all have vulnerable and shameful shit. We all have wounds. And I think it is so much healthier to talk about that and to be honest with yourself and the people around you. Yeah.
3: The more that you harbor this stuff. And this is one reason why, like with this, with this podcast and they talk about, um, you know all, all the things that have happened, and people often people quite close to me are like, "Are you not like embarrassed talking about this stuff? You're not, do you not feel ashamed?" I'm like, no, because if I kept if I kept this stuff inside, if I um, if I didn't give it some air time, it would just fester and grow and like mutate, and actually, just giving it freedom and space is so. Helpful Mm -hmm. and so cathartic because you go, it's okay, just just let it out, (laughs) let it let it out into the ether. Because the Mm -hmm. more that we do this, and you think that you're sort of alone in this behavior, you think you're alone in these bad decisions, and then you you're sort of sat. I can't remember who who was I who was I talking about this with? There was someone we were talking about how you know you're sat in your tent alone, um, Mm -hmm. feeling so horrible and ashamed and and like this kind of social pariah and no one wants you and then you open up your tent and there's all these other people who are also in the same situation that you if you got out you'd have a huge party and discuss all your trauma and your weird yeah. things that you've done. But um but staying inside your tent, you just get colder and colder and smaller and smaller and just feel worse about yourself. Um, so I think I genuinely I think that's fucking fantastic. I don't know it's brilliant.
4: Love well, it. thank you. Anybody? <laughs> you, I'm, the show. The show is uh, seven fifteen every night uh, at the Pleasant's Courtyard through nice. August twenty eighth. Beautiful.
3: So we've talked quite a lot about um, different parts, it, especially to do with relationships. What? But what are the things about you as a person that you really that you are really that you really admire about yourself? That you really love about yourself? What are the parts of
5: you that you
4: think Um, are great? I, I trust my brain above Mm. anybody else's brain. Um, and, and like maybe that's arrogant or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm smarter than than everybody else, but I'm saying like I trust my own decision-making in situations, Mm. um, so firmly. What's funny is that the place that I don't trust my own decision making is in romantic relationships. That's where I spin and spin and spin. That's where I can that's where I can talk myself out. Yeah. But other than romantic relationships, I I just I trust my read on I trust my analysis of situations. I trust my instinct of like how to handle a problem. Mm -hmm. Um yeah I I I um trust my own analysis which is I mean uh I'm I'm I didn't plan it and I'm grateful for it
3: I think that's that's a really great one to bring up and it's a real um it's a real gift because so many of us uh especially if you sort of if you're quite codependent or if you you know I've grown up feeling very small very um where well, your opinion doesn't matter that like a lot of us will always assume that someone else's opinion is greater than ours someone else is more right than we are um and it becomes really exhausting really difficult when you're constantly second guessing yourself um in in sort of whatever capacity of going even if like i don't know if a friend is upset with you a friend says says that that you've that you've hurt them or you're and you and it didn't happen in the way that you thought it did you'll like most of us will go oh no they must be right because their opinion is greater than ours because i i'm i'm not right i'm never right um someone else is always smarter someone else is always is always more in tune with their emotions is more self aware and so i think it's a really cool thing to be able to go no i think I trust I really trust my brain I think I'm right yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it's fucking great honestly because like I never ever think I'm right ever I always assume I'm wrong and it's exhausting because I'm not like sometimes most of the time I'm probably I'm not probably right yeah,
4: yeah. probably Absolutely. right Absolutely.
3: but it's yeah. just, it's almost like it's less hassle to be wrong
4: it's less it's less hassle to be wrong Totally less hassle, and maybe the thing that I'm actually describing that I like about myself is not actually the the brain analysis itself. Because you're right, like exactly what you were saying. Nine times out of ten, you probably have the right read on a situation. You probably mm-hmm. have the right analysis of a problem solving. You probably have you probably have the right instinct. And so maybe the thing that I actually like is the bridge between the the the, the bridge that crosses the gap of then I that analysis like yeah. I my my first answer is that analysis is correct and if your first answer or somebody's first answer is that analysis is incorrect mm-hmm. then you have to do the work of going no 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 no, it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine, it's fine. which is yeah. which is so funny because that is it's exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast mm-hmm. of that like the back of your brain is like hey kid come on we gotta <laughs> yeah, get the car yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah we're gonna be like you got we you you have to put your shoes on you gotta I know I know I know we can put your hat on in the car come on come on in front of your brain is like no I don't want to go no I'm staying here
3: it's so good no no I don't want to put my coat on I don't want to put my coat on I don't want to it's snowing outside I don't care I don't care I'm gonna be hot (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking it's it's, it is literally exactly it is exactly like that and often it's um, oh god, it's making those decisions. It's making the ones. It's it's like the things that make you just a bit uncomfortable, like like bringing bringing a coat with you because it might get cold later, even though it's a bit annoying to carry around. It's is actually a very good decision, but it's a bit it mm-hmm. is a bit annoying and not really what you want
4: to do. But you will be more comfortable later on. Mm-hmm. And, and it requires you. It requires you, like thinking through, like run the scenario of what's yeah. going to happen in the future when you're cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. you're mad at yourself, and then you're in a bad mood, and then you start to freak out, yeah. and then other dominoes start to tip because just because you didn't bring a coat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like play it forward, play it forward, and it is difficult
3: because if you're warm. You can't say to someone, well, just imagine being cold. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't imagine being cold. And so you're, the, this shit about me bringing a coat just seems so fucking stupid. Right now I'm warm and lovely and I don't want to change that by throwing another thing in there. So why, why, why should I bring a coat? And then if you have the ability to play it board and not rely on the instant gratification and where you actually are at the moment and be able to see the consequences of your actions and, you know, what might fall out then it's it's like you just you've got a better grip on shit, but it's it's difficult to do. It's difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think I don't think we talk about that enough. But that's a really I really like that one. That's a really nice one. That's one of my favorites ever. Um <laughs> and At this point, we like to we have a portion of the podcast that we call Thank You Letters where we like to um, ask you to express gratitude for a person, a place or a thing or one of all three for which you are grateful and would like to say thank you to.
4: Um, I am. uh, This is this is so cheesy, but I am so grateful for my mom. Um, My mom is, it was just, she's a single mom. I'm an only child. So we're, we're very, very close. Um, and she just is my singular support network. Yesterday I was having like sort of a career panic spiral and called her from Scotland. It's seven in the morning where she is Mm. back in Minnesota. Um, and like, we, you know, just talked for an hour and a half and and she, she did, and things that she can be the out loud, 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 voice of the back of our brain of the, like, come on, kid, get in the car. Come on. Yeah. 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 Time to go. Um, You're and, not my mom. mom.
3: Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not.
4: She's like, no, I am. No, I'm, no, I'm, I am your have, mom. <laughs> you have to listen to me. Um, uh, I, I, she is really, really good about um, reminding me that even when, when some situation is feeling threatening or bad or intimidating or, or nerve wracking or, um, or like I failed, like after a big situation where I feel like I failed, um, her, one of her consistent messages is just like, it, it has to be joyful. So much about, um, you know, experiences have to be, have to be joyful as much as they can be. And that, so much of how we rob ourselves, this sounds really cheesy, but how we rob ourselves of joy is by like, is by rummaging around for what's going to happen in the future and, and Mm. finding something, you know, allowing our anxiety to be worried about whatever is, is, is going to happen in the future. And, um, and that if the more you can just, be joyful in whatever you're doing in the moment and not think about what are the implications be not, you know, not be attached to to whatever the outcome is. Mm. Um, Not only are you probably going to be more successful in, in in whatever the endeavor is uh, also, it's just like, what's your other option, both be nervous in the moment and then probably be so crippling in the moment that it's not going to work out in the future. Like, you know, then everything's bad. Um, And so she, she just has talked me through a bunch of, um, Oh, fuck, oh shit, oh fuck, oh shit, moments. Yeah, 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 <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, yeah, she's, she, uh, uh Becky Radcliffe is, is, uh, sa- savior of my being. She's very good. And, and
3: she's in Minnesota now. She's in Minnesota. Yeah. Do you know how yes. much I'm going to go to
4: Minnesota? She might be in a cabin in the woods in Minnesota right now. I would guess that oh. she is in a different, different cabin, different cabin. Minnesota, okay. Minnesota is the only cabins. Thank yeah. you what you do, um, like, Gavin. Yeah, you I think Minnesota is one of the most incredible states in the US. I, I can't Arizona wait. Big.
3: I'm desperate. I'm desperate to go because I really I want to do um like I want to drive across America, but I want to go to the states that you maybe wouldn't go to. Like you aren't like mm-hmm. the ones that people go, I'm I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna go to California and maybe one of these ones down here. I wanna be like mm-hmm. what the fuck is Utah about? Like, I wanna know.
4: Utah is incredible. Utah is so beautiful. It's yeah, go to Utah, go to Minnesota,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Um, and your show you said before, but you're you're running until the 20... 28 28th of August. Um, and yes. I will link everything below so people can come find tickets. Um, but it sounds Really amazing. And if I was in Edinburgh, I would be there straight away because it is the kind of subject matter that I'm kind of obsessed with, because I think so much. I have
4: have women leave this show and be like, that's everything that's in my head and I just can't say it out loud. And I'm like, I know, right? And so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my hope. That's
3: what I want to do with the show. That's my exactly, name. exactly, exactly, exactly. Because I think the so especially as women, we harbour so much shame over this stuff and yeah. sex and relationships. And I was saying this to my boyfriend yesterday that, like, when I was at school, there was a boys' school a little way away, and if like, and if a girl from my school got with one of like one of the boys from that year group. Fine if they got with two, that was shady. If they got with more than two, holy fuck, they were like what a slut,
5: mm-hmm.
3: wanton whore. <laughs> and then, but if the mm-hmm. boys did it, if the boys could just go like rattle through us like mm-hmm. fucking bingo machine. Like it was, mm-hmm. and it was fine. And I just feel, and I know, and that's a really small example of of sort of what it's like. Being women's
4: it's so foundational yeah. it's so it's so foundational yeah and the reason that that is the, like if if anything that experience that you just described is like common and that's a thing that we talk That you know that that's a that's a that's a measure that we're familiar with and so if anybody was like uh yeah I've heard I've heard the double standard but it's like yeah the reason that we talk about the double standard all the time is because it is all around us and every single one of us has experienced it and dealt with it yeah and that's why we keep talking about it yeah Yeah. we talk
3: about it we don't we're not like bringing something up out the ground and digging deep no it's fucking everywhere could take it off the shelf right next to me it's here it's everywhere and so it's such a relief like that's like hearing someone just like speak so openly about it and just like, and rid the shame and rid the guilt. No, I, I think it's, I think it's really brilliant. So I will, I will link everything below, but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Um, we are, Paul Clothes up in, um, I say port Clothes, having an amazing time up in Scotland. <laughs> um, but we had to do over my, over my Zoom. And when producer Felipe is not in the room with me, my technical, technological skills go out the window. So, um, so I really, I do appreciate your, your, your patience and generosity surrounding that. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I loved it.
4: This was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.